Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You want the noise brought on you? Because here it comes. What? The noise brought on you? Because here it comes. This is my job. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. ready? This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Is this show getting more and more difficult for you to do? That's got to be it! Jeff Lutz. This isn't that hard. There are so many great things to do with the human mouth. Why waste it on talking? 97.5 in 1240 KFH. Stand by for action. Welcome back, everyone. The Bob and Jeff Show, hour number two, KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz, co-hosting. Max Power Producing and Engineering, 869-1240 is the IHOP hotline. Uh, all right, we're going to delve more into the AFC East. But uh, first, Jeff, what's happening in the NBC World Series well, the, out at X Stadium? The Denver Cougars and Santa Barbara, California Foresters. Are underway, top of the first. Who won that first ball game? Hutchinson, 11, Lone Star, Texas, 1. A run rule victory for the Monarchs. Keep an eye on those Monarchs. Remain undefeated. They're a, they're a team to watch. And it's good to see the Hutch Monarchs. Uh, I've always enjoyed Hutchinson. Yeah. What are your general thoughts we on We had uh, their manager on the show this week. What are week? your thoughts on the uh, city of Hutchinson? I like it. I've I've enjoyed all my. What what are you smiling about? I thought that was funny. You thought that was funny? When I said don't like it, yeah, like it's good comedic timing. Hutchinson's fine. I mean, I don't love it. Why don't, don't you love it? It's it's fine. What's what what are your drawbacks to Hutchinson? I'm not sure. I'd have to rethink it because I know there was a time when I I didn't really enjoy Hutchinson, but now I can't think of why that was. I really like Hutchinson. Everything about it. They got the state fair. They got the sports arena. Yeah, it's a nice town. Yeah, we spent significant Cosmosphere. time there covering the senior men's U.S. Open. Yeah. Did you help cover the women's Open? No. Where were you at that time? I don't know. I wasn't asked to uh, participate in that. Well, both tournaments at Prairie Dunes were a blast to cover. I got to cover Two other majors, both down at, uh, uh, gosh, what's the name of that course in Tulsa? Tulsa something hills, I think. Yeah, Southern Hills. Uh, a PGA and a U.S. Open. Uh, and I really, really, and that's so much fun to cover. They, they do everything for you. Right. Uh, you, you go out on the course, but. It's all televised for you. Yeah, you don't really need to. Right in front. Well, you do if you have any integrity. Uh, you do to get the ambiance. Yeah, and I went the, out. The Woody color. Austin was in the mix uh, at the U.S. Open that was played in Southern Hills. He and Tiger were kind of battling. And, uh, of course, that's huge for uh, those of us who were covering from the Wichita Eagle. It was myself and Scott Pask. Uh, One of the great golf riders of our time. Very good golf rider. 
and uh, we had a we had a lot of fun down there. Yeah, I can imagine those. I enjoyed covering the U.S. Senior Open. We had a lot of fun over there. Absolutely, over there in Hutchins. One of my breakthrough performances as a as a journalist. And uh, well, we don't care too much about that. Well, but nice what, little... what was your breakthrough performance? Well, because like I I've said before, they sent me out as a blogger. Uh, and I think after day one, it might have been day two, but I think it was day one of blogging, uh, they were like, well, we got to get this guy in print and uh, to a wider audience. Let's have him write features. Because one of the guys over there had dropped out of the cover. No. No? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I must be misremembered. I wrote a story on Jim Thorpe. Not that Jim Thorpe, yeah, but the uh, other one. We never, we'll never understood why you wrote a story on Olympian. Uh, at a major golf tournament. Well, hey, I think Jim Thorpe has since passed away. So the have, golfer Jim have Thorpe some, have some respect. Yes. Well, I do have. Respect. I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with him, not with him, but you know, following him around the course. Well, my two most memorable uh, things to happen, if I had to pick two, and what's the woman's name who won the U.S. Julie Andrews? No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Julie Inkster. Julie Inkster uh, won it, but and I enjoyed the last round, kind of following her around. But I uh, spent a day in a practice round with Nancy Lopez, and then in the men's senior open, I spent a day with Gary Player during his practice round. It's good stuff. Where I was inside the ropes and had access. Uh, and man, you talk about a memory. Uh, you're you're with Gary Player, who's how old now? I'll answer that, but I do need to apologize to Jim Thorpe and his family because he uh, is alive. Well, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Gary Player is 87. How about that? You know, uh, Dustin Hoffman is also 87. Well, of course. No, that doesn't make any sense. Of course, I know that. I don't think you do, and uh, especially because uh, he's 86. Did Mike have anything interesting to say about William Friedkin yesterday? I'm sure you didn't even ask him. He uh, he brought it up on his own. Which... Thank thank you, Mike. But interesting, I would say no. Because how can my son not even mention it? Because I've never seen The Exorcist. Oh, he's one of the great filmmakers of I'm all sure time. I'm sure he is. So you got to talk about him. And for the next ten weeks, or as many as those uh, as it takes for me to always be on the show on Wednesday, I will be counting down by 10, every week top 10, my 100 favorite movies of all time. Oh, God. We got to endure that? Yeah. And you've thought of every movie. I'm not done with the list yet, but I will be. when. Did we... you start that yesterday? I started it today. No, what was your top 10 list yesterday? Yesterday was my top 10 favorite songs from the Wallflowers Bringing Down the Horse album. That had to be awful. On which there are 11 songs. That and, had to be awful. And no, Max loved it, Mike loved it, Jason, of course, in the completely in the dark. But it was fun. What did Duda do for his top 10? Duda did a mystery top 10, uh, and it really turned into nothing. We were trying, we, he said, or we said, Let, just do a top 10, we'll try to guess what it is. And he named 10 cities... 
And he said, those are the 10 best baseball teams in five years. And it was done. That sounds terrible. It was done. Sounds like an awful top 10 Wednesday. Mike didn't vacation moments. That one I would have enjoyed hearing. Uh, Because Mike Mike takes it all in. Of course he does. Uh, So I would have enjoyed hearing his top 10 moments from his uh, recent vacation. We're talking about Mike Furches, of course. Uh, all right. Do he we want to? Three weeks. He only had one and a half hours of strife with his wife. Well, that's pretty good. That is good. I haven't had one and a half hours of strife with my wife in fourteen years. Really? Not really. Hmm. When you think about strife, strife's a pretty harsh word. I don't know. Strife. Strife. Disagreements. Like... Tension. I... Conflict. I've no. I don't. I don't recall ever having tension. Really, not that's with a, Debbie. Well, that's a good marriage then. Congratulations. Or some people would say, if you don't have, if you don't experience a little bit of tension and strife, how can you say you're happily baloney? I've been in marriages oh. where tension and strife define the moment. I don't need that. Well, uh, I'm thankful to be in a marriage where I don't have that. Well, I got to have the back and forth, you know. I got to be challenged. I got to be called out sometimes. I don't mind anything like that. I don't mind getting called out. Nobody calls me. Who's who's going to call me out? Uh, yeah, I'll, I I call you. You out. don't ever call me out. You don't like You're it. You're too scared to. You take it personally, and I don't like that. Stop doing that. Don't don't call me out. Well, you're being rude right now. <laughs> There's no need to call me out. Why? Because I don't do anything to deserve to be called Everyone out. Everyone should be called out occasionally. That's the only way you can improve is by seeing yourself how someone else sees I think it. I improve very, very well on my own. Really? With my own, left to my own uh, tactics. So, no, I think I know where I need to improve. How do you know that? Because I'm aware. How? Because I'm aware. But how? What? It's all internal. There's no external factors that help you become aware. My little puppy here, who I'm petting right now as I speak, she lets me know what I need to improve. She does. Sure she does. And according to her, I'm pretty nice. Well, that's good. Especially when I rub her head. She does enjoy that. She is, uh, she's a great, great dog. Out of And she's awaiting the return of my wife, who's expected to be home here at any moment. And Misty seems to have an inner sense of when that could happen. Yeah, I would assume so. That's a lot of uh, how animals get by is on instincts. So it's good to see that. Uh, we Okay. I mean, if you want to talk AFC East, go for it. Well, I'll talk for a little bit. I'm going to need you to go up and unlock the front door while I uh, begin really? this conversation. Yeah, you locked it when you came in. I, I wanted you to keep it open. I didn't lock uh, because my wife is here closed. and she can't get in. So it's closed and you didn't well, need to close it. Then talk. Uh, so the AFC East, for anybody who still cares about the AFC East, and I'm not sure uh, anybody does at this point, uh, I'm probably going to say that, oh, uh, boy, I'll pick Buffalo to win it. Uh I'm curious, like everybody else, to see if the Jets are for real uh, and to see if the Dolphins can improve on uh, what they showed last year. There you have it. What would you say? I missed most of it. Uh, um, yeah, You heard me. 
I'm talking pretty loud. Buffalo, sure. I'm, I'm just, I don't see it with Buffalo. I know they're going to win probably. I don't know why you don't see it with Buffalo. They've got outstanding people. I know they're probably going to win the division, but it seems like to me that they've missed their best chances to uh, represent the AFC or even win the Super Bowl. Well, here's what we got right out of the chute uh, in their season opener, right? Uh, coming up on September the 11th, and that's a Monday night, uh, the first Monday night game of the year. They're in New York to play the Jets. Well, that's a big one. Uh, well, it'll be, it'll be one of the most watched football games in the history of television. I'll just say that right now. Really? Aaron Rodgers' debut with the Jets. They're playing the Bills. It's in New York. Um, the anticipation for an NFL season, of course, is always extremely high. It'll be in the top five of all-time regular season viewed game. Huh. Making that prediction right now. So, you know that I I strongly disagree with uh, with Max's kind of philosophy, his, his feelings, very much rooting, uh, just unnecessarily harsh toward Patrick Mahomes, calling him names, rooting for him to get injured. Uh, 100% against that. And then I think about Aaron Rodgers, and I kind of understand it. Not that I'm rooting for him to get hurt. I don't, I don't, I don't think there is a, a dynamic to be drawn between Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I'm just talking about per, our uh, personal feelings, I, I don't think any personal feelings against Patrick Mahomes are warranted regardless. Well, I'm just talking about I Max. I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care if you're talking I'm about Max. I'm making a comparison. Uh, Max has the right, of course, to feel any way he wants. But Patrick Mahomes has been... Square in the public eye now for a long time. You know that's not the uh, point I'm making, right? Extremely successful. There's no way you could have ill will toward Patrick Mahomes. Okay, but that, again, that's not really the point I'm making. I was just using that as context and an example. Your point was not a good one. My point is that the league and my fandom will be better off when Aaron Rodgers is out. We don't care about your fandom. We don't care about... The league, uh, we, we don't we, care about people what care your about perception the about the league is. The, the league's never been stronger. Aaron Rodgers makes the NFL less interesting. That's not true. Because he is not an interesting person. That's not true. Why do you think this will be the most watched or one of the top five Because most Aaron Rodgers gets covered as if he is interesting. And well, he why just, would people watch it? Because it's New York and it's Will hype. you watch it? When is it? It's the first Monday night football game. Nah. You're not going to watch. I don't know. And you call yourself a, a talk show host. I try to. Why wouldn't you watch that game? Well, I don't know. It'll be the day after we get back probably from New York. I don't know what I'll be doing. Why don't you stay and go to the game? Well, because i got to go back to work. And, let's, I, uh, and I don't want to spend money on that. Let's take a break. I want to have uh, ample time with Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. He will join us next. We'll talk conference realignment and just catch up with the commission. That ought to be a segment of a of a segment every week. You think so? I wonder if he'd the agree to that. The name of a segment every week. Just different commissioners? Catching up with the commission. Mike Oresco, our guest next.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. All right, we are back expecting uh, to hear from Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, shortly. This song is from the police called Invisible Sun. Fun in the Sun, the musical theme for this week. We conclude uh, the week, of course, tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to make an attempt to see if Duda can get here for the three-man booth. I don't know if that's uh, possible for him or not. We shall see. We will see. Uh, so... Uh, your Guardians held on to win today. We did, yes. Uh, congr- congratulations on that. Uh, the Orioles defeated Houston to win that series. Uh, the Orioles are fun. What do you make of the uh, the turmoil with their play-by-play TV guy? Hated it. Didn't. We haven't heard from uh, Mr. Angelos, have we? We have not. We haven't heard from Kevin Brown, except that he'll be back on the broadcast. He's supposed to be on the broadcast tomorrow. Tomorrow, I wouldn't give him the time of day. I would. I would. I would quit. Well, yeah. I mean, he probably is able to do that and find another job uh, relatively quickly because, by all accounts, he's very talented. Well, I thought you watched all these. Teams. I've watched the Orioles, but I can't say that I've I've really honed in on Kevin Brown and his broadcasting. Well, I, I've I've watched a little bit of the Orioles because they're fun and they're good, uh, but I I don't know that I could tell you much about Kevin Brown either. So they did uh, beat Houston today, five to four, a big crowd in Baltimore. Jack Flaherty, who pitched yesterday and pitched okay, gave up three runs in the first couple of innings and then settled down, uh, said he had to use his uh, earplug, his, his uh, what Pitchcom yeah. ear device, and turn it up loud, and he hadn't been used to that. So thanks, Jack, for that uh, uh, little That slap. is a little dig. Thanks, Jack. We appreciate that little parting shot. As you leave St. Louis. Well, the Orioles fans are in a passionate stretch of their existence right now with what happened with the announcer. They're playing well. A huge series against Houston with uh, some perhaps postseason implications on the line. So it stands to reason uh, that uh, the Orioles fans would be into it, although Jack Flaherty has pitched in the postseason and uh, has had some moments where you think it would be loud. I guess he just wasn't using the Pitchcom device at that time. Well, I mean, whatever he wants to say is fine. I like Jack Flaherty, but we don't need to be taking shots, right? Mm, I don't know. He probably didn't think it was a shot. It just kind of came out like that. Ah, whatever. We, we, we can handle it. 
we certainly had more success as a franchise than the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, yeah, but the Orioles have had a lot of success. Not not like the Cardinals. Yeah, but I guess. No, 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 there's no guessing to it. The Orioles have been good more often than not over now, the last 50 years. Let's get to Mike Oresco, the uh, commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, who's been kind enough to join us. Commissioner, thank you. How are you? How are you doing, Bob? And uh, glad to join you. And Jeff, uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, I am. Uh, crazy times in college athletics, as you know, but uh, we're all we're all hanging in there. You've uh, you're a longtime guy in college athletics. You've been around college athletics for a while. Uh, I've certainly never seen or even dreamed of anything like what's going on right now. Uh, what what's the landing spot? Where does this all sort itself out? And we 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 settle in again for a winter's rest in all this turmoil. Yeah, it's a good way to put it, uh, Bob. I, uh, you know, it's interesting. I have been uh, dealing with this for forty years. You know, I go back to the early days at at ESPN in the early '80s when I when I was working on the old CFA. Remember the old College Football Association when had all the teams involved, uh, except for Pac-12 and, and Big Ten. It's interesting. I think you, you're going to see more of this for the next, uh, whether it's the next few weeks, the next few months. But then I think it probably does settle down <clears throat> for a while. And then, you know, maybe in another few months it starts up again. But at some point it settles. And then you notice that uh, it tends to coincide with when TV deals are coming up. That often is the case. You know, you had a decade after that turmoil from 2010 through 2013, and it lasted several years, you had some relative peace, right? It was like the Congress of Vienna, right? You had a, a period of peace uh, that lasted. You did have the dog and pony show the Big 12 put on in 2016, but nothing happened. And then in 2021, Texas and Oklahoma left. That started the cycle again, and sure enough, contracts were coming up, Big 10, Big, 10, Big 12, Pac-12. And and so now it's it, it started up again, and then the following year, USC, UCLA leave. Now another upheaval, which, of course, is the most dramatic of all and not something we probably thought we'd see in our lifetime, you know, the Pac-12, uh, you, you know, perhaps disappearing entirely. Uh, no one ever thought that was possible. But it's sort of like the, uh, you know, the Hemingway character in Sun Also Rises, you know, how did we get to the, how did, how did you go bankrupt? Well, gradually and suddenly. You know, uh, it's been a gradual process, and then suddenly you have this incredible upheaval. And, you know, then I think next time around in, what, six or seven years, you have more TV deals. Could there be, you know, even more upheaval? I, I don't know. You know, it's just it's just a cycle. And, uh, no, none of us have seen anything quite like this. But, 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 you know, Bob, it's been building for a long time because once the CFA broke up and once you – know, once, yeah, Congress, uh, the uh, the Supreme Court said, you know, you could do your own TV deals if you're a conference. You knew that that conferences would try to gain advantage, and that's normal. And then, by the way, I'm not criticizing conferences for doing that. I mean, that's the nature of our business now. I think what we all have to recognize, at least I think we do, is the world has changed dramatically, and we can't roll back the ocean. We're not going back to the old days. I love the regional conferences that I grew up with, uh, not only as a kid watching college football, but you know, working in the business in the early days. There were still a lot of regional conferences. They're, that's all gone, and we just have to live with it. Uh, I don't. I don't think what there's do much you, more you can say. 
Yes. Um, what do you prioritize in in a conference in your conference uh, as it as it pertains to football, and how has that maybe changed over the last few years? Is it is it television markets? Is it is it television ratings? Is it success? Is it uh, is it you know quality of of, of educational uh, institutions? How do you how do you now evaluate the football conference? And like I said, how has that changed maybe over the last five years? Yeah, that that's a really great question. And you're right; they're different uh, you know different uh, indicators, different metrics that you use. You know, in the day when cable you know, networks, uh, maybe we're in 100 million homes and cable was still growing. Maybe the, the market, you know, meant even more. But markets do still mean something because they can, you know, that's how you generate ratings. You know, you have a lot of people. You have a lot of people interested in your teams. And so big markets certainly uh, help. That's still a factor we weigh for sure. And also places that where the market can support the team, uh, Bob, where where you have donors who can support the team, where you have dy- dynamism in the community, where you have a good fan base, you know, where, where you know that the, there's going to be growth. That's what our conference has been. It's been a dynamic conference, and uh, that's really important. The success of the teams and the, the brands of the teams are probably more important now than they've ever been. And that leads to ratings, and that leads to TV interest. You know, we had – ESPN has supported us. We love ESPN. We love what they do for us, in part because, you know, we had, we had you know, hundreds of games with a million or more viewers, two million, some with two million viewers, some with three. And, and that's critical now because you, you want good ratings. And uh, you also want interest. Uh, we have an ESPN Plus component, so you want people to be interested in your conference. And, and so that, that's a, a big part of it. Are you looking – and football drives it, and don't let anyone tell you differently. It, it, it drives it. And so, consequently, you want strong football programs, and you want to make sure that uh, you know those programs are investing and, and, and are going to continue to be good. And that's what our conference has, has done. And we focused on, on realignment and on uh, bringing in the six schools. We focused on teams that we thought were in the right communities where they could recruit well, where you know football mattered, uh, where you know they had community support, as I said, and, and where they had, a, a, you know, an urge to invest and, and a commitment to invest. And, and, and sure enough, that's exactly what, what I have with UTSA. Uh, that's exactly what we have at FAU with Tom Herman, Jeff Trailer at, uh, at UTSA. It's exactly what Trent Dilfer, he is, he is, he has exemplified our DNA already. You know, his feistiness at UAB. We look at uh, Charlotte and they're investing, and Biff Pogey's a fascinating hire. And then you look at North Texas, they have a lot of money. They spend it. They've got tremendous facilities. They, uh, they'll benefit by having 30 or 40,000, you know, students and their student body. It's a big university, and they're now going to get great exposure on our air, you know, on, on, on uh, ESPN, which they didn't get before. And then you have, uh, you know, um, I don't want to leave out UAB because, you know, as I mentioned, they've got a brand-new stadium. They're doing great. Charlotte's investing and rice rice. Everybody said, well, they hadn't invested over the years. Well, guess what? They're investing now. And rice wants to be nationally relevant. They've got a, a you know, a, a president who was the uh, faculty athletics rep at uh, Georgia tech. And he is, is very interested in sports. And I think he understands that sports can, can give that tremendous university, one of the best academic universities in the entire country, a greater national exposure. You know, UCF, when, when they developed their brand in our conference and had the big winning streak, they, div- they had suddenly a spike in applications from outside the state, whereas before they hardly got any. Now they get a ton, and they're nationally known, and it's, it's helped them academically as well. Memphis has seen a huge spike with the success they had over the last decade. 
know, they haven't been quite where they were a few years ago, but they'll get back. And, and look what they did. And they were had a great rivalry with UCF. So I could go on and on. But the point is, this is, is the kind of thing that is really important to us. You have to have a commitment to invest. You have to pay your coaches. you got to find good assistant coaches. You have to have a recruiting budget. And you have to be in a conference like ours. You want to be part of some DNA that just says competitiveness. You know, we're not going to settle for mediocrity. It does help to have a great network like ESPN behind us without question. And we have we also have some CBS uh, appearances in basketball along with ESPN. That's important. So all that matters. But those are the main things that, uh, that concern us when we look at, at realignment. American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco, our guest. So we know that uh, this is not a reach-to-finish line yet. There's still going to be more uh, realignment, we expect. We know your uh, great experience in history with especially television, as you've alluded to, with ESPN. Uh, we also know that there are schools in the American Athletic Conference that are uh, looking at all options at this point. And I'm sure you're looking at all options in terms of realignment. Uh, how much more will this shake out, and how much more will it affect the American? Well, there's no question that, you know, it, it definitely has an impact. And, uh, you know, it, it's not going to shake out uh, for a little while. Uh, I don't think it's going to go on for another few years. You know, you, you had a, a cycle back from 2010 when, when uh, uh, the Big Ten took Nebraska, and that cycle lasted about three or four years. It went right through 2013. I don't know that this is going to last much longer. You know, it started in 2021, right? Already, and and now it's it's. I think it's probably nearing its end, and then it'll start up again when you know TV contracts come up, or you might see an unusual circumstance in a few years. So within days, within weeks, within months, I would expect that this would settle down. But yes, uh, our conference is always in the uh, you know in the conversation when it comes to realignment, mainly because we, we truly are a P6, P5 conference. And you saw that. You saw three guys, three schools, sign a piece of paper and become P5 who played in our conference, right? And, you know, they've been talking now about SMU and the ACC. There was talk about SMU and the Pac-12. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't say things like, oh, everybody's committed, and, and then next thing you know, somebody leaves. You, you don't say that. What you say is, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. We have great camaraderie in the conference. I think everybody, you know, uh, does a great job in supporting the conference. If somebody decides to leave, then, then they decide to leave. If the schools have their own reasons for doing things, you know, some of it's money, some of it's other things. And right now, you know, we, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you just don't, you just don't know. Uh, but we, we tend to be in the crosshairs a little bit because we have such excellent schools. You know, we are a victim of our success, and you'd, you'd much rather be the victim of success than, than the other way around. So consequently, you never know what, what's going to happen. Uh, Bob, I, I, I can't predict but I do think uh, I think the next you know few weeks months probably things will will start settling down and then uh, I don't expect them to stay settled you know forever again and 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 who knows you know the one thing if you try to predict you know you think you're a prophet <laughs> you're not and next thing you know something will ha- will happen I mean right now though if you want to get specific uh, the Cal Stanford thing is what has to play out right that's that's kind of the linchpin right now that's that's holding everything you know uh, back. Uh, those schools have to decide. The ACC has to decide what it's doing. You know, they they had a you know reported a meeting last night. Nothing happened. Uh, and then of course you've got those four Pac-12 schools, including obviously Cal Stanford, looking for a place to go. And we'll see that has to then shake out. 
And and once that does, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I get the sense that for now the Big 12 might be finished. But then you have this interesting situation in the ACC. And again, I don't want to get in. I don't get. You know, I don't want to get into other conferences' business. But we've all read the newspapers, so you know that there's some you know, some instability still in the system. And so uh, more more could happen, you know, and you don't know what the SEC is doing right now. They say they're not interested in expanding. You know, we haven't seen any indication that the Big Ten's you know, doing anything more. We don't know. Uh, so right now there's still volatility in the system. Uh, but when that shakes out, I don't know that you might you might have a period, maybe a five or six year period of relative peace and quiet like we did have from 2013 until about 2021, you know, when you really think about it, you didn't have too much going on except for that dog and pony show that Big 12 put on in 2016, and and nothing ultimately came of that. Mike, do you have time for one more question? Absolutely, Bob. No question about it. I, I, I spent. That's you know, Jeff. Yeah, uh, we sound we sound very sound. alike. We sound just alike. <laughs> Jeff, I was uh, just yeah, going to oh, ask. I do. In fact, Jeff, I could you could ask me a couple more. I mean, I, I I devoted some time to this, and I appreciate it. And also, you know, I'm thrilled that uh, you know it can be on Wichita State. It means a lot to us. And uh, I know that I don't play football, but they're heavily involved in our affairs, and uh, I'm sure you know they're watching everything. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah, shoot uh, if you have another question or two. No problem. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was going. What it means in in the college in the current college athletics and especially college football landscape to be a school that that doesn't play football in a conference where football is you know king, of course, uh, as it is in the American and many other conferences. And uh, just your your you just said it though your your overall dedication to Wichita State as that uh, school in the American that doesn't play football. Well, first of all, yeah, it's got to be a, a, a bit of a calming thing, right? You know, you don't have to worry about some of the, uh, you know, machinations that are going on relative to football, which drives so much of this. But on the other hand, we uh, we have really good basketball in this conference. And, uh, you know, we I, I really like the the, uh, the coaching, uh, you know, decision uh, that, that Rick Muma, Kevin Saul made. I mean, Paul Mills is going to be great. And, and we look forward to having Wichita State back to where, we know they belong, and we also, as you know, with realignment, we've brought in FAU. What a what a tremendous basketball program! They got everybody back, and they're recruiting well. They're a great coach. You look at North Texas, which won the NIT, but they also played UAB in the championship. Another one of our schools, Charlotte, won the CBI and is making progress, and they once were in the Final Four. You know, we've got tremendous. You know, we have Memphis. We have great pedigree in Temple, and they made a coaching change. USF made a, a coaching change. Tulsa and SMU made changes last year, so they're coming into their own. Tulane hired a great coach, and he's doing extremely well. So, you know, you've got uh, tremendous uh, basketball in this conference, and and we're thrilled with that. Wichita State will, uh, you know, will be on the way back, but they don't have to worry about the football. But I can tell you, you know. Uh, Rick and, and Kevin participate in all our deliberations, and uh, they, they keep an eye on this. They'd like to see our conference strong and, and dynamic uh, in football, which drives so much of the, the revenue in college sports these days. Uh, and it also just gives you a, a national glow, so there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, they also don't have to, you know, as an institution, they don't have to worry about some of the things that the football schools do, and which I'm sure they're probably pleased about. Well, we really appreciate the time you've given us. We do need to get to a break or else they're going to fire me, and we don't want that to happen. (laughs) 
Well, you know, you have to pay for for what you're doing, right? So <laughs> I understand. My great, uh, great insight, and I will say that uh, the American is is always in good hands with you as the commissioner. Uh, we know that you fight fire with fire and that uh, you're not sitli- sitting idly on your thumbs while all this happens. So thank you for your time, and it's always good to talk to you. Well, thanks for the kind words, Bob. That, that's very nice of you, and, and uh, thanks for uh, to you and Jeff for having me on. And, uh, you know, again, my best to you and all your listeners in, in Wichita and uh, in the greater area, and uh, thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, Mike. You, you too. Have a great, have a great rest of the day. Thank you. All right. Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American athletic conference. And you want it straight from the horse's mouth and not to equate him to a horse, but uh, good stuff coming from Mike Oresco and good stuff earlier in the show today from Joseph Hoyt, who covers SMU athletics for the Dallas morning news. Uh, this is a topic that I want to talk a lot about. So we'll be having, uh, several guests address it over the next couple of weeks. Uh, figure out where things stand. The American, uh, according to reports, would be interested in trying to add Washington State and Oregon State, if that could potentially happen. Uh, that would be dependent upon Cal and Stanford somehow going to the ACC, and uh, that would be dependent upon the ACC being able to retain Florida State and Clemson. So a lot of balls are in the air. Still going on, as uh, as it as it pertains to all of this, the ACC is the next conference to make a move, uh, and then we'll see what move they make, and who's next to make a move. It may very well be the American if Oregon State and Washington State uh, find themselves without a conference. Uh, the Mountain West would make some sense. Uh, but the American might make more sense. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's hard to keep up with. I, I'm just going to wait until uh, everything is settled, and then nothing will be settled. It'll the all American start over has again. a better TV deal than the Mountain West for football, unquestionably, and that's really what this is all about. So it's, 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 uh, it's difficult to keep tabs on, but we'll do our best to do so uh, over the next uh, several days and weeks here on the Bob and Jeff Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good night. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.